welcome to the Totally Buggin' Podcast, the podcast about all things creepy crawly. These are your host organisms, Cammie and Faith. This week we're going to talk about an entomopathogenic fungus that's been dominating pop culture over the last several weeks. That's right, we're going to talk about cordyceps, the zombie ant fungus that inspired the zombie apocalypse pandemic of The Last of Us. Very excited. We just started watching this show. We got No, don't spoil the magic because this is going to come out right after the season one finale. Okay. I will um, say nothing then. No spoilers. Last last week was the season one finale for the show, and wow, wasn't that ending so crazy? I know. Amazing. I wrote in a joke, but like we kind of ruined it now because you already... Do you want to start over? No, no, no. It's okay. We're like, we're only 40 seconds in. I don't want to redo it. We can just cut that part. Okay. Yeah. Um... We're actually recording this in advance, and the finale isn't out yet. We haven't played the game either, so we have no <sighs> idea how this is going to end. We're just trying to trick you into thinking that we know more than we do. <laughs> and we're just going to assume that the ending's going to be crazy, whatever it is. Yep. Okay, Faith, for listeners who don't know, can you tell us what The Last of Us is? So The Last of Us is a first a video game, and mm-hmm. I will be 100% frank, I do not know anything about the video game. Um, the only experience I've had is with the TV show, where we should call my little brother for the video game thing. Oh, like a cons- <laughs> like a consultation. <laughs> yeah, we should special consult. guest. <laughs> <laughs> Except he's only played part two. Oh, there. Wait, there's different parts. Yeah, there's like part one, part two. There's two parts. Okay. Um. Yeah. Apparently, you he has a PlayStation, mm-hmm. and apparently, you can only get the digital version of part one if you have PlayStation Plus. Oh. And he said that that's highway robbery, <laughs> which I taught him that phrase. and As you should. Good. <laughs> Good phrase to have. And so he decided to just skip to part two because that one you could get digitally without having to pay for a subscription. Makes sense. I'd probably do that. Okay. So it was originally a video game that mm-hmm. we haven't played. Yes. And now? Um, it's been adapted to a TV show. Mm-hmm. Where, on HBO. On HBO. Where um, the apo- basically the apocalypse happens at the hands of a zombie fungus that takes over, like it infects from person to person mm-hmm. and takes people over and turns them into zombies. Mm-hmm. So, well, my brother told me that they are mm-hmm. not called zombies in the game. Oh, they're not called zombies. Mm-hmm. Do you know what they are called? Infected is what he said. He said they're just infected. Oh, okay. Yeah, and that there's makes different sense. kinds. Oh, like different kinds of infected? Yeah, based on what stage of the infection they're at. Oh, okay. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything else relevant to the premise or the plot that you want to mention before we continue and talk about the fungus that inspired it? This isn't relevant at all, but I think you know what I'm going to say. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Pedro Pascal. That's all I need to say. <laughs> <laughs> Faith has a big crush on Pedro Pascal. Who doesn't have a big crush on Pedro Pascal? <laughs> Seriously. Okay, you can continue now. Okay, so <laughs> let's take a step back uh, and talk about what a fungus is. Mm-hmm. Faith, can you tell us what's a fungus? So a fungus is, I know it's like a specific type of, there's like animals and there's bacteria and then there's fungus. Like they're all their own category. Kingdoms. Yeah. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. their own kingdom. and. I'll be real with you. I don't know too much about fungus other than like there are mushrooms and yep. molds and some make some can make you sick, some mm-hmm. don't, and some are delicious. Okay. 
Yeah, that's a pretty good introduction. Okay. So what I have is that fungi is the name of a kingdom, Mm -hmm. just like animals and plants. When you think of fungi, you probably think of mushrooms and assume that they're sort of weird plants because you can eat them Mm -hmm. sometimes. Well, you can eat any fungus once. (laughs) Just not all of them you're going to be able to try again. That's Um, a good way of putting it. (laughs) Yeah, so they're not weird plants. Fungi have a completely different physiology and a lot of unique structures. They're actually much more closely related to animals than they are to plants. I have heard that before, that, like, if you were to put them on a sliding scale of Mm -hmm. animal to plant, they'd be closer to animals. Mm -hmm. But still very distinct from them. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Fungi are eukaryotic. Can you remind the listeners what that means? (sighs) There's the two domains. <laughs> yes, there's, there's eukaryotes and, and prokaryotes. And eukaryotes um, are basically like animal cells. This is the same thing you said last time. No! I'm never going to okay. learn. Eukaryotes have cells with membrane-bound organelles and a nucleus. I'm never going to learn that. I'm a, my, I'm a microbiologist at this point, basically. I'm maybe going to get a PhD. I'll be, I'm never going to know the difference. You, you will know the difference eventually. Fungi are made up of branching thread-like filaments called hyphae, which together make mycelium, a root-like network of fungus and its vegetative body. A mushroom is a reproductive structure produced by some fungi. Not all fungi create mushrooms. Mm-hmm. Mushrooms allow a fungus to reproduce through spores, which are spread in a variety of ways. Spores can catch on the wind, on someone's clothes, or even be moved when the mushroom is eaten by an animal. In the Last of Us game, the fungus is spread by spores, but Mm -hmm. they didn't want to cover Pedro Pascal's handsome face for the whole show. (laughs) So they changed it to being spread by biting and ingestion. Oh, okay. So that allows you to thirst over Mr. Pascal. Mm, Pedro Pascal. (laughs) But it is not as accurate to the way that real-life fungus works. Mm -hmm. After a mushroom has died or been picked, the fungus it came from still remains. The mycelium that is too small to be seen by human eyes persists and might produce more mushrooms at a later time. A good comparison that I can think of would Mm -hmm. be it's like a flowering tree. So the mushroom is like the flowers Mm -hmm. that only bloom for a short time and produce seeds, which in the case of the fungus are spores. Mm -hmm. Then they fall off, but even though the flowers fall off, the tree still lives. Mm -hmm. Same thing, when the mushroom dies or falls off, the mycelium still lives on. Mm -hmm. Okay, so now we know that we know what a fungus is. Mm -hmm. So, what is cordyceps? Cordyceps is a genus of Ascomycete fungi, which are sac fungi, that includes about 600 distinct species. The, uh, The name comes from cordy, which is the Greek for club. And the Latin suffix seps, which means headed, so club-headed. Oh, okay. I Mm -hmm. like that. Yeah. It has a history in Chinese traditional medicine Mm -hmm. to varying effectiveness. There's Mm -hmm. some scientific research suggesting that it might increase the survival of mice with lupus, but Mm -hmm. it probably doesn't actually provide eternal youth, as some sources have suggested. (laughs) There's ongoing research on the use of cordyceps derivatives in a medical setting, Mm -hmm. especially naphthokinone derivatives and polyketides, Mm -hmm. both of which have some evidence of having anti-tumor and antioxidant effects. Oh, so um, anti-tumor would be like uh, cancer treatment. 
mm-hmm. kind of thing. Okay. And that's what they were traditionally used for in Chinese traditional medicine. Oh, that's pretty cool. I don't know a whole lot about Chinese traditional medicine. Yeah. Um, I think it's interesting. Yeah. But uh, I just wanted to mention that it is culturally significant. Mm-hmm. Cordyceps species are endoparasitoids and entomopathogenic. Mm-hmm. An endoparasitoid is a parasite that lives inside another animal and eventually kills it. Uh, would a similar example be like a uh, tapeworm? I don't know if tapeworms eventually kill their hosts, but like similar kind of thing? Mm, tapeworms are definitely parasites. Mm-hmm. I don't know that they're endoparasitoids. Okay. But that is an example of a parasite. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cordyceps inspires a lot of media, even if it isn't totally accurate to real life. The same fungus is the cause of a zombie apocalypse in the 2014 book, The Girl with All the Gifts, which starts mm-hmm. very interesting, but kind of falls off in the end. I have read it. <laughs> I was going to say, I feel like I've heard of that. It has a cool premise, and the first couple chapters are very interesting, but mm-hmm. then it just kind of meanders. Yeah. But... My point is that yeah. uh, it inspires a lot of science fiction. Cordyceps mm-hmm. is cool, but it is not dangerous to humans. Mm-hmm. So I mentioned that cordyceps species are entomopathogenic fungi. An entomopathogenic fungus is a fungus that causes disease in insects. So mm-hmm. entomo, insect, pathogenic, causes disease. Mm-hmm. Fungus is a fungus. <laughs> <laughs> they typically infect an insect by penetrating the cuticle, which is like the skin of an insect. It's mm-hmm. part of the exoskeleton. Okay. Once it's in the body of an insect, it spreads and usually degrades insect tissues. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now that we have all of those basics out of the way, we can get specific and talk about the particular cordyceps species that inspired The Last of Us. The species is called Ophiocordyceps unilateralis, or zombie ant fungus, as you may have heard it. Ooh, one of my, we've talked about this before, not on the podcast, but uh, just individually. Mm-hmm. This is one of my, this is one of my favorite things to um, observe and talk about. Yeah, so we'll see if you can maybe add some fun facts about it that I neglected to put in my little script. Maybe not fun facts, but commentary. I'm usually, sure. I'm usually yeah. good for commentary. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It is common in tropical forests Mm -hmm. and usually infects carpenter ants from the species Campanotus leonardi. It has been observed to infect other closely related ant species with lower reproductive and pathogenic success. Mm -hmm. These other species might be killed by the infection, but won't have the behavioral changes that I'm about to describe. Oh, okay. Yeah. I've seen, I haven't seen this in person, but I've seen it in a documentary. Mm -hmm. So I'm excited to hear you talk about it. Yes. Okay, an ant becomes infected with the fungus by coming into contact with the spores while foraging. The spores enter an ant's body through the exoskeleton using mechanical pressure and various enzymes. The ant will not immediately show signs of infection and might enter her colony undetected. Much like a lot of zombie media when the person gets bitten and then they... (laughs) That one person that hides it. (laughs) And they don't tell you. (laughs) And then it's like a dramatic reveal, just Mm -hmm. like, blah, 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 got bit. What are we going to do? My favorite zombie trope, I will say. Really, I find it so frustrating when they do that. It's it's annoying. Come on, man, you know what's going to happen. Okay, but I feel like that'd be so accurate to real life. Like, no one's going to give themselves up for No, the I'd be like, the... oh my god, it bit me, it bit me. <laughs> You're a better person than I am, No, then. not for me being a good person. Oh, just out of shock. Out. Yeah. 
Soon, the fungus will begin to produce enzymes that affect the ant's hemocell. cells. So this is kind of like the blood. Mm-hmm. Um, the enzymes that are most closely related to this process are chitinase, lipase, and protease. Faith, do you want to take a stab at what those enzymes do based um, on the names? Well, yeah, ACE is all enzyme protease. I feel like we've talked about this before. Doesn't it break down? It breaks. Oh, my gosh. It degrades casein. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. What were the other two? Chitinase and lipase. Well, uh, chitinase would break down uh, chitin, which I believe is part of the exoskeleton? Yep. Okay. Chitin is the main material and, that it's made of. And then lipase, I'm going to take a shot in the dark and say it degrades uh, lipids. I think that's true. Yes. Ooh, mm-hmm. look Good at job. me. So smart. Mm-hmm. Okay. Ants are social insects and mm-hmm. will kick a sick ant out of her home to prevent the colony from getting sick as a whole. Mm-hmm. But by the time they can do that here, it's too late because of that incubation period. Was, However, is it like really short? No, I mean it's because it the symptom the, the symptoms aren't immediate. Oh, okay. So like once they figure it out, it's already too late. That's exactly what my next line was. Oh, sorry. (laughs) Um, However, the whole colony isn't usually infected for reasons that I'll get to in a moment. Mm -hmm. Fungal cells migrate through the ant's tissues into the central nervous system, allowing the infection to influence the ant's behavior. Uh, Okay, this is... I'll let you finish first. Okay. Okay. The exact mechanism of this influence is debated, but some hypothesize that the fungus secretes either sphingosine, wanted guanidinobutyric acid, or GBA, mm-hmm. or hypoxanthine. Re- research is still ongoing in this area, which is exciting. Mm-hmm. Infected ants are influenced by the fungus to leave their nest for the forest floor by causing convulsions that knock them out of the canopy nest and down to the floor, which has ideal humidity and temperature conditions for fungal growth. The ant will then use its mandibles, which are like its pinchy little jaws, mm-hmm to attach itself to a large vein in the underside of a leaf where the ant will stay until death. This is called a death grip Mm -hmm. and is believed to be caused by muscular atrophy in the mandibles. Mm -hmm. This is so that the ant will not fall out of the favorable conditions that the fungus has selected when it dies. Mm -hmm. The hyphae invades the ant's soft tissues and fortifies the exoskeleton. Mycelia then anchor the ant more securely to the leaf. The infection has a 100% death rate and kills in 4 to 10 days. Mm-hmm. And this is the uh, like this is the process that I saw in the documentary. Mm-hmm. Like they start um I think they start following the ant cuz they don't follow it into the colony obviously, but like after it gets kicked out and it's kind of sad cuz it like uh like twitches, like it's very not in control of its movements mm-hmm. and then it like grabs onto something and it just kind of stays there mm-hmm. and then they do like a what's it called, like a time lapse, Mm -hmm. and then it gets like real stiff and it gets real stiff and stays there. And then I think eventually the fungus starts to like grow out of the ant's body. Yep, that's the next step. Okay. After the ant dies, the fungus sends a fruiting body, the mushroom, out of the base of the ant's head to spread the infection. So in the first episode of The Last of Us, Mm -hmm. there was a guy who'd been completely overtaken by the cordyceps infection. Mm -hmm. That's pretty clearly inspired by this part of the zombie ant fungus life cycle. Mm -hmm. Dead ants infected by the fungus will often be found in close proximity to each other, and these areas are called graveyards. Apt. 
Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'll, I'll say so. Um, it's called z- zombie ant fungus because of the behavioral changes that it induces, but some scientists dislike this name and consider it misleading. Infected ants do not become aggressive like the infected in The Last of Us would suggest. Yeah, that's uh, not a fair, I mean, not an unfair uh, like conclusion to mm-hmm. come to. It, yeah. it is a little misleading. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now I'm going to tell you, mm-hmm. is a cordyceps pandemic like in The Last of Us possible? What's your answer? What do you think? I would say no, just because... Yeah. Yeah. The short answer is no. Yeah, the no. Okay. Um, in the first episode of the show, there's a debate between scientists in the year 1968 mm-hmm. about whether a fungal pandemic is a threat. One scientist explains that viruses can make us ill, but fungi can alter our very minds, and the other refutes him, saying that fungal infection of this kind is real, but not in humans. The first response, true, fungi cannot survive if its host's internal temperature is over 94 degrees. And currently, there are no reasons for fungi to evolve to be able to withstand higher temperatures. But what if that were to change? What if, for instance, the world were to get slightly warmer? Well, now there's a reason to evolve. So that's Mm. the that's the explanation that the world of the show has Mm -hmm. for how this unlikely event came to pass. Mm -hmm. The obvious insinuation is that climate change would make such a disease possible in humans. Within the world of The Last of Us, this scientist is correct. Mm -hmm. I actually really liked this bit of world building, even if it isn't strictly accurate to real life with the fungus bit. It's, um, I feel like this part of the show does better than most, um, like, sci-fi shows. Like, it seems believable within the realm of... Like you can the show. Sus- you can suspend your disbelief yeah. enough to be like, okay, that line of thinking makes sense. Yeah. So the man-made climate change resulting in emergent diseases is very real. Mm-hmm. So climate change is very real and very dangerous for our way of life. Mm-hmm. But we're talking a magnitude of a couple degrees. Mm-hmm. Evolution doesn't work that fast. And the internal human body temperature is way too high for fungi. In fact, some mycologists, Mm -hmm. which are scientists who study fungi, Mm -hmm. think that this might be one of the reasons why humans evolved to have this high of a body temperature to protect us from fungal infections. That's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. I've never heard of that before. It's just one theory. It's not necessarily exactly why it happened, but that is one school of thought in that in that regard. And isn't um, like human? They you said what they can't withstand above ninety four. Uh, I didn't fact check the exact temperature, but like around there, in, maybe in the show they said ninety four. Oh, so okay, we'll go okay. with that. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah, because we're our human body temp is only ninety seven. Uh, maybe I degrees think Fahrenheit. Ninety eight point nine is average. I think. Okay, yeah, you're right. That's that's the correct number. Well, so. ninety seven doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you. It's no. like within the range of normal human body temperature. You're just a little chilly. A little bit. <laughs> Man-made climate change does contribute to emergent diseases. Mm-hmm. However, this is mostly related to habitat changes, making crossover events from other animals to humans more common. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to use another example from media. Yeah. Have you ever seen the movie Contagion? No, but I feel like I've heard of it. Okay, so in the beginning of Contagion, 
Actually, you know what? It's at the end of Contagion that you find out how it started. Okay. But in Contagion, Mm -hmm. there's a bat that eats a piece of fruit. Mm -hmm. The bat is sick, Mm -hmm. and it flies over a pig pen and drops a piece of the fruit, Mm -hmm. which, of course, has the bat's infected, infected saliva. One of the pigs in the pig pen mm-hmm. eats the fruit that has the infection on it. Mm-hmm. And then the pig is killed and fed to Gwyneth Paltrow. <laughs> Specifically Gwyneth Paltrow? Yeah, it's Gwyneth Paltrow. Um, yeah. And they show that the, the chef didn't properly Cook it. clean no, it's not that it wasn't properly cooked. It's that he didn't wash his hands after he was cutting the meat. And Ew. then he went and shook hands with Gwyneth Paltrow. Ew. So Gwyneth Paltrow then becomes patient zero for the pandemic that Contagion mm-hmm. is focused on. Actually, I believe it was a coronavirus in Contagion. Oh, like... Yeah, it was based on SARS. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Um... So that's more of what kind of emergent diseases can be caused yeah. by human intervention. Mm-hmm. So humans taking away the bat's habitat made it so that the bat was it had to venture outside of its normal habitat yeah. to try to get food. So that's how it ended up interacting with the pig, which would then end up being fed to Gwyneth Paltrow and making everybody sick when she flies back from China. Cause the domino effect. Exactly. Mm. Um, That scene from the movie is actually really, really cool. Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah. Is it like, uh, what do I want to say? Like, I'm imagining like the sliding camera. I'll show you the clip. Okay. I'll show you the clip after we're done. Okay. But in any case, that's more of the kind of uh, disease that we're concerned with, with regard to climate change and other human-led environmental issues Mm -hmm. rather than global warming being the cause of fungi evolving to be able to survive in higher temperatures Mm -hmm. and thus being able to survive in human bodies. The logic is superficially sound, but it's really unlikely. That's also not how evolution Mm -hmm. works. It wouldn't be that quick. Um, It's like, for me, it's just enough science correct-ish to like get my skin to crawl and, like, yeah. get the, I'd say, the more paranoid side of mm-hmm. me to be like, oh, what if that actually did happen? Mm-hmm. Which, in my opinion, is probably the best you can get with oh, um, yeah. with science fiction kind of stuff. Because No, I think that this was a really effective choice. Yeah. Um, and even though climate change doesn't have that exact effect, mm-hmm. it does have effects that could bring about an apocalypse of a different type. Yeah, we've... So I can suspend my disbelief to say, okay, because of man-made climate change, we end up having some disastrous event Mm -hmm. that causes the downfall of humanity. I can believe that. We've... So I think that it was really effective writing that they did that. Yeah. I'm not saying all of this to be killjoy. No. Or say that I didn't like it. It's just, you know, you don't need to be worried about this particular end of the world scenario. No, it wouldn't... (laughs) That's no. not how the end of the world would happen. Yeah. So a couple other things that might put your mind at ease. O. unilateralis does not effectively control the few species that it affects outside of K. 
Campanotus leonardi. Mm-hmm. So I mentioned previously that this fungus can affect a couple of closely related ants, mm-hmm. but it kills them. It doesn't cause the change in behavior that allows it to spread. So oh, okay. if this particular fungus can barely even affect closely related ant species other than its intended host, yeah, it's not likely that it's going to evolve to branch from insects to humans. No. The principal hosts of O. unilateralis evolved adaptive behaviors to be able to limit the contact rate between uninfected susceptible hosts and infected hosts, Mm -hmm. thereby reducing the risk of transmission. We also breathe in fungal spores all day, every day, and they don't hurt us. Mm -hmm. Uh, In The Last of Us, the infection spread through infected food supplies, um, but the process of producing and cooking food products would kill any fungi that managed to enter. Mm -hmm. If fungi can't survive inside of the human body, it's not going to survive an oven. No, like if you, as long as you're cooking your food properly, you're not going to get sick by um, any kind of fungi. Mm -hmm. And that would like, and that would include um, don't go looking for random fungi to eat. Don't do that. Right. But that's an issue of toxicity, not 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 disease disease. causing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Also, cordyceps infections do not cause aggression. Mm hmm. Uh, the infected ants don't go attacking other ants the way that the infected do in The Last of Us. Mm-hmm. And the way that it spread globally in the U.S. in only a day is also not realistic, but it did make for good TV. Oh, you're right. That did go down really fast. In a matter of hours. Yeah. Everybody was infected in the city. You're right. Yeah. I find... Okay, I do... That's Which makes of, good TV. I'm not does. disputing that. It does, but it's interesting uh, to think about, like, in reality, if that were to happen, mm-hmm. I don't think it'd be that quick. No way. It'd have to take, like, at least a month. Well, think about how the COVID-19 pandemic went down. Oh, yeah. It, to yeah. us, in the moment, it kind of seemed like how it was in The Last of Us, where everybody's, yeah. like, dropping dead, like... That's mm-hmm. probably an insensitive way of saying that. Everyone's getting infected. Yeah. Everybody's getting sick. You don't know if you can go outside and do the things that you're used to doing yeah. safely. So I think that, like, it's sped up for TV, but, mm-hmm. you know, kind of not. It's it's no. not really how it would happen. It does make for good TV, though. Yep. So one more thing that I wanted to mention is mm-hmm. that fung- fungal infections are actually at a risk of rising. But this is actually due to antibiotic overuse, not rising temperatures. You know how I feel about antibiotic overuse. Yeah, you want to say something on that? Okay, so antibiotic overuse is... Well, first tell them about antibiotics. Okay, so an antibiotic is when you have a, when you have a bacterial infection, mm-hmm. emphasis on bacterial, um, you get sick, you go to the doctor, they do some tests, they say you have a strep infection or some other bacterial disease, they give you an antibiotic. And that antibiotic is going to um, kill all of the bacteria in your body. and Well, not all of the bacteria in your body, but all of the disease-causing bacteria in well, your there's, body. there's some non-target effects too, but that's yeah. not the subject of this episode. We yeah. can talk about C. diff another time. <laughs> C. diff. My hatred for C. diff. Um, but anyway, uh, how the antibiotic is supposed to work is that you get so much of it 
and you take all of it within the course of a week. But uh, and it kills off all of the pathogen. Yes, not just you know selecting off some of them. No, it's if you only take part of a course of antibiotics, or the antibiotics are prescribed when they're not needed, then the surviving microbes can yep. be resistant to the antibiotics and then when you really do need them mm-hmm. they won't work that's and that and that's the exact problem <laughs> is people take the antibiotics until they feel better but they don't finish the whole course of antibiotics which means there could be some bacteria that you didn't kill off that are now going to be resistant to that type of bacteria uh, that type of antibiotic so when you go to the doctor again this isn't going to work now and then Um, other times you're given antibiotics for things you don't need antibiotics for, and then that causes more resistance, which is why C. diff is also a huge problem. But again, I'm rambling. I just hate antibiotic-resistant bacteria. (laughs) I just hate it. All right. So in essence, that's the real risk of uh, fungal infections. It's not what you see in The Last of Us. No. So you'll probably be fine. You're probably not going to get, you're probably not going to turn into a zombie. Probably. But who knows? Thanks for listening. Have a good rest of your day. Bye. Bye.